The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Jack Newman. I'm Ben Haworth. And welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. Welcome to 2019. I mean, we've already aired episodes in 2019 but this feels this feels right we're coming in this is the first 2019 movie that we are reviewing it it is a fucking M. Night Shyamalan vehicle for fuck's sake <laughs> how has this happened it's actually 2005 and this is what we call an opening <laughs> this is an opening intro which gets the audience ready for the podcast yeah Right. You can tell that I wrote this. No, I didn't. I've never wrote it's an a, intro once. <laughs> this, <laughs> is, this is this we're gonna we're just gonna sit down, buckle in. We're talking about M. Night Shyamalan who delivered a thesis project to cinemas. <laughs> he decided he would bring his uh his his, you know, finals and bachelor you know, his his masters in communication to us and Yeah. Yep. We're got it. We're gonna dissect it as best we can. Yeah. <laughs> Part of me Weird. thinks. Part of me wanted to like set this up and do like because we did do split. We did. Did we actually ever review split? I don't know. I don't know if we did. I made I you watch did. split very cannily. I was very proud of myself. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, because I knew you loved Unbreakable, and I was like, if you like Unbreakable, this, this has Unbreakable elements to it. Oh, like you you rat bastard yeah no i like yeah. i liked both split and, and your brain melted which was good yeah, yeah. and i'm actually i've actually never been as hot on the sixth sense as everybody else because i've never seen it unspoiled. yeah i'm with you i'm, I'm uh we're, we're both that's true and i also think i think if you really watch Sixth sense it's like a very good uh, very very good uh uh, uh student uh senior uh, final screenwriting yeah. class <laughs> yeah. uh, script. It's like point A, point B, point C, finish, and then he adds a little twist to make a shitload of money. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. the twist yeah. is almost perfunctory. It doesn't actually add anything to the story, which is kind of a shame when you watch it. It's just like, oh, and he's a ghost, and you're like, oh, yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, but now it's like, like you said, it's like the shower stabbing in Psycho, and uh, yeah, you know, so the greenest people. Nobody doesn't know the twist now. Right. It's it's just pop culture. It's pop culture point. to the point that like Psycho has, as a movie has been destroyed, and I think that which this, sucks. I, Sixth Sense as well. I think I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's impossible for like what I, what are they called? What are the the younger than us millennials? <laughs> um, what are, what are they called now? Gen Xer? No. I don't uh, know what they're what called. Call? I don't know what they're called. I don't care. Uh, okay. The the point is is that like for a kid growing up today, it's impossible to like physically watch The Sixth Sense or the or Psycho for that matter and get spoiled. Psycho may have come full circle though. Like enough people maybe not teach about Psycho that they're like, oh, I've never heard of this movie or like it's ironic twists. So maybe they can maybe maybe in another like hundred years people can watch The Sixth Sense and be like, I'm actually particularly surprised about this. This is surprising. Sorry. So, all right. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about M. Night Shyamalan's newest movie, which ties in the universe right. between two of his previous films. M. Night Shyamalan brings together the narrative of two of his standalone originals, 2000s, which, by the way, I just realized that Unbreakable was a 2000 movie, and I cannot believe that's a pre-9-11 movie. That's just, that's insane to me. Not not specifics about 9-11, but specifically that movie came out before 9-11. 
Yeah. I was yeah. 10 years old when that movie came out. Okay, sorry. A little bit over. Yeah, uh, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's insane. Jesus. Unbreakable from Touchstone and 2016 Split from Universal. And one explosive all-new comic book thriller, which first off, okay. Glass. From Unbreakable, Bruce Willis returns as David Dunn, as does Samuel L. Jackson as Elijah Price's, known also by his pseudonym, Mr. Glass. Joining from Split are James McAvoy reprising his role as Kevin Wendell Crumb and the multiple identities who reside within, and Anya Taylor-Joy as Cassie Cook, the only captive to survive an encounter with the Beast. Following the conclusion of Split, Glass finds Dunn pursuing Crumb's superhuman figure of the Beast in a series of escalating encounters, while the shadowy presence of Price emerges as an orchestrator who who holds secrets critical to both men. Ugh, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's a mouthful, and it's a it's a it's a brainful of a movie. So I I actually want you to describe real quick because you are a little bit better knowledge of M Night Shyamalan history. Sorry, mm-hmm. I don't mean to put that upon you. No, uh, I, I, I find the guy very fascinating. <laughs> yeah, so that's fair. I I I've never I guess I've never existed in a time where he was just like oh like you know everyone talks about when he was known as like the next big filmmaker. I've come to his stuff after his fall from grace because like the first movie that I saw in theaters of his was The Village. So like I literally that was like, a start. That's, that's I, the start of the turn. Yeah, exactly. I only know him as his fall from grace. So. uh as somebody that's interested in him, what what do you think is the the film canon that puts that people consider him to be the next big, as everyone said at the time, the next big Spielberg? Yeah, I mean that's what makes this movie so odd, it, it, and why Glass is so interesting, and it kind of only works if you're a big fan of the director <laughs> and know a lot about him, and also am fascinated by story, and yeah, we'll get into all that. Um, He's actually dude. He was uh, born to uh, Indian parents. He was born in India, but raised in America. And they were doctors. Um, and they kind of wanted to be a doctor, but he always wanted to be a filmmaker. And they were very supportive of that, from what I understand. And very much idolized Spielberg. Uh, that whole Newsweek, you know, um, the next Spielberg thing. He actually made a version of that for himself when he was like 14. Because <laughs> he's Whoa. like a crazy little bit of an egomaniac. Um, and started out making two films no one's heard of called Praying with Anger and Wide Awake, which are kind of more esoteric family-ish, dramedy-ish kind of movies. Didn't go anywhere. And then he was like, fuck it. I'm going to make a genre movie that makes, uh, you know, $500 million. And that's what he did. He was like, I'm going to make the hottest script Hollywood's ever seen. And I'm going to like, basically like Sixth Sense is like perfectly made in a lab by him to make him famous. And then he follows that up with Unbreakable, which we both really, I think is both our favorites because it's more personal it's very strange. It is a very unique it's, take on it's, superheroes. It's an aggressively. I think the thing that defines him sometimes is that it is a aggressively unsatisfactory, which works really well in the context of that of that particular uh, movie. Absolutely, and it's probably what a lot of people are dealing with with Glass, <laughs> similar right. way, which we'll talk about. Right. It is very much a movie where it's like, what if it's, it's you know it seems like such a class thing of like. And, and it was weird for a lot of reasons. One, nobody knew it was a superhero movie when it was being um, shown, like the trailers. Trailers were super simple. It was just like him, tra- train, accident. Ooh, what does it mean? Who's Samuel Jackson? You know, nothing about comic books. And then literally when you start, people get to sit down and think, ooh, a spooky M. Night movie. And it starts with a title card that's like, 
uh, every day, 10,000 comic books are sold. And like, what the fuck am I watching? (laughs) (laughs) And this is like, remember long, like this is X-Men comes out this year. And that's considered like one of the major starts of the current superhero boom. So, you know, we're very early into that. Then, you know, the village comes out. And he becomes known as the twist guy because the twist in that is infamous. It kind of spoils the movie for a lot of people. And then just kind of doubles down on ego, just kind of gets worse and worse. He tries to do big Hollywood movies like uh, After Earth and Last Airbender and those completely flop. And I remember a key moment and I've heard this. A lot of people mention this and why I find it fascinating. This is a guy who used to like put his name in front of everything. It's like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. And you're like, ooh, that guy who did The Sixth Sense and, you know. Signs is a huge hit as well. And like, oh, what's his next spooky tale? And then we watched the trailer, and I've seen it three times that it happened. And I've had other people confirm this happened. The trailer for Devil, which he did not direct. He just produced. But there's this trailer, and it's like, Satan's in an elevator. <laughs> and then and then everyone's like, what the fuck is this garbage? And then it says, <laughs> from the producer, M. Night Shyamalan. And the entire audience laughed out loud. Every single time and it was crazy because it was like i've never seen someone's name get so soiled yeah um and so it just seemed like after earth and after last airbender especially he was just done it's like seth MacFarlane in comics to me a little bit like you see a set like you know he made spawn he kind of came around yeah yeah yeah, todd mcfarland jesus not seth Seth mcfarland whatever different different discussion uh but uh yeah todd mcfarland and like just his name in comic books it's like you hold him up against now you're like like, oh go fuck yourself yeah exactly (laughs) whereas back in the day the man made spawn you're like oh yeah he's i bet he's got demons or something it always made it yeah, and if you grew up when you liked his old movies, like it made it hurt real bad a little bit, where you're like, oh, another one. Ooh, this can't be worse, right? And then it's worse, and you're like, oh, it was somehow worse than the last one. How? Yeah, I think, I think one of the things, too, is like, this is the thing, is like, exercising... Talking about him is difficult for me because I think even to this day, even in this movie, he has a startling lack of of cinematic grace is the way I'd put it. Oh, he has, he has cinematic knowledge. He has the knowledge and he understands how to do it, but he just doesn't have his movies never flow. And the movies I do like are helped along thematically by that lack of flow. Sure, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Unbreakable. Yeah. Like the whole point. The yeah. whole point about Unbreakable scenes. Like people actually said this. This was a thing that said people said about Unbreakable. They said that the scenes were on purpose. The fight scenes were badly choreographed and put together because they gave this sense of like real here, real you know, world superhero <laughs> fights would be but terrible now, things. Yeah, I've seen After Earth. I've seen Last Airbender. Right. He's bad at shooting action. He's right. just right. terrible at right. it. Right. He's not <laughs> yeah. good. He is he has a startlingly bad grasp of cinematography. <laughs> that's that's another uh, I think he's a very good grasp of tension building, of right. pacing. I right. think he has a very bad grasp, like you said, of spatial yeah. awareness and especially I, like kinetic movement he's terrible at kinetic movement right because think about unbreakable is the only one that we actually like that has kinetic movement and i do actually think that movie i still think that movie is a good movie it has great tension the sixth sense and signs have great great tension and the signs actually has a lot of great shots in it that are well constructed i remember when i saw that movie in theaters um 
he has he made people freak out over a tiny little image on a TV. And I remember thinking I, I saw an entire audience lose their shit just because yeah. an alien walked kind of slow in front of a TV. And that was all build up and pacing and performance. Like I think the ending of Science, which is like the end of a lot of his movies, <laughs> is part of the problem with Science. Yeah. But like eighty percent of that movie I think is really, really good. Barring a kind of weird performance by Mel Gibson. <laughs> That was that was Mel Gibson. <laughs> they that did was not. Mel Gibson. Never. That was a hard. That was a hard turn for both him gents after that movie. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, right? Was, oh, it's true. Was, it was like the was, last last of the good times for either one. That, that was like right after that. That was like that. I I still think Signs is good. I think Unbreakable is good. And I think The Sixth Sense is good. I think the turn for me. I actually don't even hate The Village. I think The Village exposes a lot of like it's less high quality than Signs or Sixth Sense, and it exposes. There's a lot of but issues I mean, it's with shot like, by goddamn Roger Deakins, so it looks gorgeous as fuck. Like, village, it has yeah. really interesting yeah. tension buildup and, and storytelling. It's just that dumbass twist is really dumb. It's it real fucking dumb. It's cool. It's one of those things too that I could understand being. This is the thing too. I'm an I'm a village apologist because I understand that 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 probably looked real cool on paper. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yes. Totally. Yeah, I totally, totally. see and that's that. And that's another thing I'll say about him, and with Glass as well. His films, I see why they sell. You know what I mean? I see yeah. why that man yeah. got like $5 million. He got $5 million just for the rights to to make it. Because he was yeah. such a swinging dick at that point. Because famously, The Village is one of the only uh, things you can go out and find this that had the entire budget breakdown leak. So you get to see like literally every single line item, and it's fascinating for nerds like me. Because I'm like, what did the editor make? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. No, it's, it's, everyone it's looks like, at yeah. the actors, and I'm like, but <laughs> but it you. says right up top, he gets five million just for story credit rights, and it's like, I get why because like he's probably great yeah. in a pitch room, yeah. and this is a perfect kind of pitch movie, and glasses too. Where like when I describe glass, it might actually excite people, but I kind of don't want to describe it to people because they might not realize what it's like to actually watch it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's right. Very different. It's very different, and I and I think this the two things that is the breakdown for me, and I, I that's the thing too is everyone says the village is the beginning of the end. For me, the combination of the next three movies, Lady in the Water, The Happening, uh-huh. and The Last Airbender, are just some Pretty of bad. the worst cinema out there. Period. Pretty <laughs> period. Ever love a period. Lady in the Water, and in different ways, is his ego bad? gone mad? Yes, that's what's crazy. It's like late in the water is his ego out of control. He cannot handle criticism of village and he makes the most insufferable thing ever. Right. Right. And then and then the happening is just I don't understand. The happening is where I begin to not understand him because the <laughs> happening is so dumb. The happening I will actually watch on just like the quality of how dumb. First off, Mark Wahlberg and 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 Zoe and I forget not Zoe, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, Zoe yeah. Deschanel's performance in that movie are hilarious. <laughs> Because we just watched Bird Box this year, which is essentially the same fucking concept, and it is right. just—it's such a night and day difference between the two movies. Because you'll shit yourself in Bird Box, but you will laugh—you will also shit yourself from laughter during the happening. Because yes. this is Mark Wahlberg. Yes. Look, oh no, it's the plants. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bees, man. 
So are the bees. It's all the bees. Also, Mark Wahlberg. As a scientist, it's amazing. It's so funny. It's so funny. And the last airbender I'm not going to talk about because that's still a pretty fucking It's legitimately painful. It's legitimately painful to watch. And so then, just to end the arc real quick, because I think we're talking a lot about M Night because this is right. This is this this is M Night. I feel like I'm not sure either going back to old M Night or saying goodbye to old M Night. I'm not sure. It's one or the I, other, but it, it feels, feels very much a career moment where he's like, "All right, here's my trilogy. Here's my big old statement on everything I've been trying to talk about in all my movies. Like it or not, this is me." And then you know whatever he does from now, he's going to do like just fun horror films. Or he's gonna make nonsense garbage, <laughs> like that is crazy and artistic and weird and makes no sense. I have no clue. Like, is he going to be David Lynch or is he just gonna be, you know, a a Wes Craven type or whatever? I have no clue. But yeah, yeah. I think we're talking about them for that reason. So let me just quickly finish to say that. So he comes back and what he starts doing is uh, Jason Blum, who does Blumhouse, is very well known for making these incredibly low budget movies, which. He's very strict on the budget control. He does not let anyone go over. But the advantage is you get a shitload of the profits if it does well. And you get a lot of creative freedom. He's pretty good about that. So I think Shyamalan likes this idea. And he was very rich from these movies. He was not, you know, he's a guy who invests in properties, (laughs) stocks. He's like, you know, a dad. He knows how to spend his money wisely is what I'm saying. And so he had a lot of money to spend. And he self-financed this movie called The Visit, which is a found footage horror movie. It's, it's perfectly fine. It's kind of what I kind of feel like he might do from now, which is like a perfectly serviceable horror movie that has nothing really all that interesting going on. It's just like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, it uh, does it does sort of do – there's – I don't know. I There are moments in the – I don't like – The Visit's like – the main criticism that I always see about The Visit is more like socially oriented than anything. I agree with you that it's a totally serviceable horror movie, but it's more like, aren't old people – Gross! Like right. I, there's, he's like, also getting a little problematic <laughs> with this yeah. split. Yeah, yeah, split, split. I'll, I'll accept split because split's good. <laughs> I think that's the difference between the two. <laughs> it's like the visit's fine. The visit's fine, and it but it gets in your face. Like the diaper was not necessary. Yeah, pretty, is the that's thing that's dumb. like there's no pretty diaper crazy. moment in fucking split. You know, split takes itself seriously. Split, when the split is classier. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Visit is visit's a bit schlockier for sure. Yeah. And, and then split. There's there's a diaper of poop that gets shoved. I just I don't know, man. I right, just... and then splits the most insane thing ever, which is it does a kind of similar thing to Sixth Sense, where it's just a horror movie. Now it gets weird at the end because he can crawl on walls and is bulletproof. But like other than that, it's like a horror movie, which is about a crazy guy, and it's pretty good. And it's about, I think it's a very tight, very controlled, very well acted. McAvoy and and Adi Taylor Joy are just. Perfect actors for that role. They just do a right. great job. And then in the end, he does the most insane thing, which is he says, remember that movie I made 19 years ago that uh, no one saw and is more of a cult hit? This is a sequel to that. And it's in the same universe. And now Mr. Splitman and David Dunn, old Bruce Willis, are going to fight. And you're like, why? What? How? Yeah. yeah. Huh? Where? What? <laughs> just, why? Why? <laughs> All the questions. And so, yeah. again, remember, this movie, Glass, is a sequel to a 19-year-old movie that not that many people saw to begin with. And then a horror movie that came out a little while ago. And they're in the same universe? 
but they also have all the characters. But it also is very heavily reliant on the fact you've actually seen Unbreakable. <laughs> that was the thing that shocked me. This it's is like, not an easy... I was sitting there going like, I know all this shit because I've seen Unbreakable ten times. But I'm weird. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> How many people? fucking people have seen Unbreakable in the last, like... I, I guess 19 years <laughs> like, like, like holy shit no offense Ben I hadn't seen Unbreakable in under like I saw it when I, the last time I saw Unbreakable I was 20 when it, we were in school and I watched it again and I was like this is really good I hadn't seen it in, in, in like so you understand <laughs> yeah like I hadn't seen it in 8 years so like I was kind of like sitting here like oh god I, I mean I know I know the basic too but is that his son and he's grown up and oh jesus they're hunting people this is weird <laughs> like <laughs> yeah so i think my guess about where you stand in this movie mm. is i feel like you and i are gonna have a similar ish conversation that we had with the last jedi in that yeah it's a similar kind of way that i do like weird <laughs> Uh, movies that are half movie, half movie essay <laughs> about the movie right. they're making. Right. <laughs> and you find that insufferable. <laughs> Just one I, story. I, I, ins- I, I find, I'll, I'll give you this though, and this is not fair to this movie or The Last Jedi. I find that so much more insufferable inside Star Wars. I'm sorry. Like that's, I think that maybe. That I can actually understand because this was yeah. built Right. For that. I get that I am more because so Star much Wars more started... accepting of this than The Last Jedi, and I know that's terrible. <laughs> I kind of get where you're coming from, though, because like at least this is baked into the cake, right? You know what I mean? This is I'm going to an M Night Shyamalan movie. I'm gonna have a long conversation and a to, about it. Yeah, <laughs> and a sequel to Unbreakable, which spends two hours of like, man, wouldn't it be weird to be a superhero? Wouldn't it be sad? <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like, <laughs> what if a superhero had depression? Is that movie? It's so odd and esoteric and so yeah. like you can't go to glass and then be like Shh, i'm sorry i don't understand people who went to glass and were shocked that in 30 minutes the movie just changes course and becomes a totally different movie for the next hour and a half like of course that yeah. was gonna happen this yeah is, yeah and everyone everyone is, just wanted to see them do like a multi-universe one and i'm like no guys both movies i mean that's the that's the difference here too is because it's primarily like him combining two movies that are so fucking different because <laughs> that's yeah that's the I'm, crazy I'm thing very glad i almost went to this three film showing where i was gonna show all three in a row gross i'm very glad i didn't do that gross I, I think no. the total whiplash would kill me <laughs> <The kid. laughs> would die you're just like they're like god doesn't make any sense oh <laughs> sorry so i'll say Tennessee this much like so I'll say this much. I do really like this movie for its audacity. I can also agree that it is a mess. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know if it's necessarily good, but <laughs> I can't deny I also really enjoyed it. And what was really fascinating to me is I actually really, really was invested in the first hour. I yeah. loved the first yeah. hour so I think- much. I think it ramps up to nowhere. Would be my my big. It's a mess, but it's. I agree with you entirely. Is that it like, has it? It wrapped it has me this up pretty good. You know, dip. 
Yeah. It has this insane dip where it like goes rockets to the bottom. And then I think the end is actually kind of interesting and helps. But I know a lot of people, once it dips that far, let's say puddle, you know? Yeah. And it gets like, to I was, puddle. I was, like, well, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking? What the fuck? I don't know, man. I don't want to. I don't want to. I, I, I don't know like how much to talk about here about it. Because for some things, there's right. like, I didn't I didn't have no. I, I, I guess like. For me, w- w- talk about the moment a little bit here, where like the dip that happens in this movie. Like, describe it for our audience, because you know this is a spoiler podcast, and I actually am curious about your thoughts about it. Well, I, I, I just, I think there's this really great character called Ellie Staple, who is uh, a psychologist. Like, so basically, the first thirty minutes is what I think a lot of people thought this movie was going to be, which is you know, um, uh, interview Mr. with superheroes. His, yeah, yeah, it's it's his name is uh, they call him the Overseer, which eh, is still not my that's favorite name, real dumb, real dumb. He, I, yeah. I think the to... I think the point in Unbreakable is that it was dumb, but that's you know whatever. Right. So he's the overseer. He's fighting the horde, and like you know, he does the thing. He finds the guy. He saves him from the cheerleader. They have a big fight. Fall out in the rain. You're like, ah, this is a little early for the final battle, but you know. And then all of a sudden, Ellie Stafford shows up and goes, "Wait a minute, <laughs> no, this is not <laughs> your movie you wanted. Let me tell you the movie you wanted, which is what if." This makes no sense at all. <laughs> like, so they she then breaks down in this fascinating way this like whole thing about is it possible that we just take things that are slightly unusual and then build them up into a mythological creation myth because we want to believe in something greater than ourselves? Is that why we constantly have Greek gods that then become superheroes and you know and, and, and all these characters like that have these recurring motifs and these certain powers that come back and forth. And is it, is it like relating to something? Like, for example, one thing I thought was really clever is like, she's like, you think you have premonition. Maybe you're just really good at cold reading, which is a com, which is a thing that psychics use. They see right. things that people do, things that stuff. Maybe you're just a really great cold reader and that's what your premonitions are. And you've overdone it to this level of, you know, you're a superhero with, with psychic powers. But what it really is, is you're just a very good mentalist essentially. Right. And I was like, this is really fascinating and a really interesting deconstruction of right. why superheroes exist and where their powers kind of come from. And <laughs> then is, it gets to like, which I Mr. just want to point out is it just, I, I hate to interrupt you, but I just want to point out that's a fun joke from the first Unbreakable when like he grabs his, shakes his hand at the end and then he looks at the wall and it's like, it's all right there. He didn't have to shake his hand and know that he did all those bad stuff because there's no like plans for a bomb. Like, oh, post right. That's a great wall. point. Yeah. It's yeah. like so it, obvious. It's like, look at so, all this evil shit I did. Yeah. And it's just like, he's just like, my powers kicked in and I realized there was a bomb right there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just, I just had that connection. Sorry. I, I rewatched right. the like. <laughs> Like, yeah, okay, Mr. Glass is hyper-intelligent. He can't walk. What else is he going to do but read books and get, like, crazy smart and scheme? Like, he has no power outside of that. Like, right, it's certain right. things like that they could talk about. Like, this is pretty... Split's a little harder. <laughs> They're like, well, yeah. maybe the bullets were old. I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, yeah, okay, it's fine, whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's 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 this kind of interesting destruction. And then, you know, we get to the big climatic battle. They're kind of teasing. Again, it's like one of the subversion things that I'm not as sure about where they're like, it's going to be a big battle in a tower, but they end up all dying as uh, spoiler alert. This is a spoiler podcast all dying at the same time uh, in this room down to David Dunn gets drowned in a tiny puddle, <laughs> which is very small. And 
not that bad. And it turns out Ellie Staper is part of a secret society. Now, this is when I went. My eyes rolled back in my head and into my brain and out of my body. <laughs> and I saw my soul leave. <laughs> it's that insane. <laughs> there's a secret society that wants to keep everybody normal and boring, which is madness. And I love it. It's stupid. Like, this is what's the problem with this movie. I can't... It's both... So dumb, yet it's so audacious and weird and singular that I'm like, I, you did it. I don't know what you did, but you did it. Um, and it's, 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 I think a lot of people, you know, want to see these people fight. <laughs> they just want to see a conclusion to the story. Yeah. And what he does instead is, uh, again, another thing of like, we talked about this, which I, there was no way we could figure this out. But I remember when we talked about Split. You said to me, like, so he did it twice, right? You know, he did it twice where it's a right. secret superhero movie. How right. the fuck can you possibly do that again when we know these two characters are now a superhero and a supervillain? They don't. And the answer is, is the answer. well, the answer is, it's another origin story for a superhero world. That's so weird. <laughs> That's so bizarre. And I don't know what to do with it at all. Uh, okay, and so this is this, this is whole where... suicide mission thing is where I think people get tripped up, and I don't know either. And I I love the audacity of realizing he was actually killing all three, and that was what he always wanted to do was like have all three die and like none survive is kind of crazy to me. But it's also yeah. like I also completely understand that is so narratively frustrating and purposely so, and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. <laughs> All right, I've talked I, plenty. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think the thing, and here's, this is like my thesis a little bit about Shyamalan, is that like, I think, sometimes I think that the man is a little bit like, like, I think he's intelligent, but I think he's maybe like out of touch sometimes. And I think that like. Well, this script, notably, supposedly, was a three act script that he broke up into three movies. I think he's changed it a lot since then. But the he apparently wrote Unbreakable with the Horde in it. He realized it was too much, so he just made it the first act of, of the script he wrote. Hmm. And then he kind of broke it up into three things. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily I, true, but I also nah, think he yeah. has not updated his identities of superheroes since 2000. <laughs> and I think, I, think that's, I think that's where it is. Because Unbreakable works really particularly well for the time period, and I think that yeah. it hasn't been updated, but it's of a time and it works. It works in the 2000 period, and I think, I think it still works as a movie and is something that I will remember. I think the issue that happens in this one is that, like, in the setup for the world, I guess I just don't kind of like what's the theme here like what's the issue in terms of like are we saying that the world is suppressing people to the point that they can't be exceptional and there's like like is there like a weird conformity theme in here i don't know man it's like i guess right, like it's, it's unbreakable is really way... fucking clear and this is really fucking obtuse yeah and it's it's more and again, it's why it gets thesis to me, because it's more like deconstruction without construction. <laughs> you know, it is <laughs> it it is it is a lot of like, well, why? And you're like, okay, but why? And they're like, I don't know. It's weird though, right? Um and and I think Yeah, I think it I think it's why some people read into it like objectivism stuff or some people read into anarchy stuff. It's like because there's not really a kind of core central 
theme, like you said. And the village, and I think it's the same with his a lot of his films. It's part of my problem with the village. Like part of the problem with the twist to me is that like okay, it's modern times. So what does that matter? You know, I thought this yeah. was like a theme about fear of the unknown and worry of like the other, and maybe the monster's actually inside. You know, it's like a common old theme, but like told really well and elegantly. And then it's like, oh, but it's really the real world. Yeah. Oh, okay. Are the monsters from the real world? No, no, no. The, the, those are fake. That was right. <laughs> but, but the real world has nothing to do with. It. They don't even know this village exists. Yeah, I think. What? <laughs> my my point yeah. here is just. I think that's exactly. Yeah. When. I think that her secret society is the point too, where I just like I'm just like I'm out. Like that's, that's <laughs> like like if you want to deconstruct this and have a reason, because I get there's like a cool thing here where it's like interviews with superheroes are you're all crazy deal with it, and I I think that's cool. There's a there's a cool podcast called The Bright Tapes, I think, or something, where they do this, essentially the same thing in terms of interviewing superheroes, and it's a really cool concept, and it plays out really really well, and yeah. I like it here, and I and I think it's a cool podcast. Uh, I don't actually consistently cool listen idea. to it though. It's a cool idea podcast that I've listened to three episodes of and I like. I'm sorry. <laughs> I highly recommend <laughs> looking up. I highly recommend looking up the like the four or five best episodes of that podcast and listening to them. Uh, I, that's a terrible way to say it, but whatever. It's, <laughs> it's this thing I think. Um, but my, I think the thing here too is just that like this. <sighs> I wanted, I guess the big thing I was looking for and I didn't get and kind of, I feel like he begins to have a thought about, but doesn't finish is, is universe deconstructionism and like extended universe deconstructionism. And to me, it's just like, there's no reason for this to be an extended universe other than for him to make commentary on his previous works. And it's like, I was hoping to get like a little bit of like recalcitrant Shyamalan, you know, <laughs> like, you know, he recognizes that he was an asshole lady in the water and he comes back and makes a commentary on himself and kills his, pre- like he literally kills his previous works. And that's kind of like, I take that as like a, like, like himself killing his like previous self. Do you take that a little bit? A little bit. That's why I said, like, I, I, I very curious the movie's going to make after this. Very curious because like he said in interviews that he doesn't want to. He's he's this is the only time he's ever gonna make a sequel ever again. He's not. He says he doesn't want to make like the kind of villagey, uh, sh- lady in the watery, very big, epic, pretentious, yeah. you know, kind of things. He just wants to make like low budget stuff that scares people. You know, he wants to get back to like kind of old yeah. genre roots, yeah. which is weird because he never was that guy. <laughs> now he's trying to be right. that guy. Right. That's that's where I'm confused. This is this is. I guess this is the feeling I get for this movie. This is a different filmmaker making a film, making his previous works into a style of film that the original two films never were. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is unbreakable is I was, you know, when they cut to scenes of unbreakable, it just looks different. It just looks so monochrome and yeah and and better <laughs> yes yeah, sorry and i mean somber, i mean the nice thing about that's the other thing about it is which is unbreakable the movie that has like the low level hum in it or what is that movie uh what that's like supposed to be annoying or just supposed to be like yeah there's like a movie? there's like a noise in one of those i don't think that's unbreakable i don't that that's i believe that's um irreversible famous irreversible noise yeah made, like sorry. people sick yeah uh, but I, I think mean, that's the un- thing. Unbreakable thing is about depression, like a, and it, it depresses you when you see it, and that's the and that's kind of the whole, and, whole and that, point. Oh, I think I'll say the theme that I think this is about is like 
his trying to understand why people sort of um, gravitate towards, you know, superheroes and things that are great themselves, particularly those with traumatic experiences in their lives. Right. And that, like, trauma, we fuel trauma into this idea that you can become greater than you know it's like the same thing that daredevil's about right like daredevil obviously he has some i think he's like radioactive stuff but he loses his sight but he becomes a ninja you know it's like i know some other stuff happens to make him that but it's the idea you know just because he's blind doesn't mean he's not powerful you know it's 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 every superhero like you know superman loses his home world batman loses his parents Exactly. There's uh, yeah, always some sense it, of trauma or tragedy or loss. Or loss. Or yeah. Even technically, Wonder Woman has Themis Skira, well, and then the newer Wonder Woman, and, she has all this other stuff. Yeah. Here's the other problem. This is not his fault. But guess what came out a month ago into the Spider Verse? Guess what it does? Yeah. A lot yeah. of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. But is fun and enjoyable, and also and I think just that's, a good. Action I think movie. that's the thing too that I'm gonna say here is that like one of the things too that this made me dislike about Unbreakable is that like I feel like there's a fun, happy way to talk about superheroes that embraces them in a way that <laughs> no, you have to be Yeah. Fuck you. This is terrible that we like superheroes. Oh my god, I can't believe you like comic books, you little kid. Uh, which is kind of like the vibe that I didn't get in Unbreakable before. That's kind of there versus like yeah into the spider verse is a better version of a breakable <laughs> and no one's yeah, depressed <laughs> and there's and there's a spider pig you know so like yeah. maybe we exactly, can do both. exactly and and fucking nick cage is in it so it can't be all bad <laughs> right i mean and that's the thing that yeah like because spider verse does that too which is that like yeah you gotta be spider-man you you means a beloved person will die and fuel you forever it's like built right. into the cake of being right. spider-man like right. that sucks. <laughs> that sucks so yeah, hard. It sucks to be Spider Man, and that's, and I think that's it's because kinda, yeah, right. And, and I mean, and and I think it's again, it's 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 if if Glass had come out in two thousand two, you know, a version of it, I think it would be a lot better received then and now because it's like again, you're dealing with stuff that has changed a lot. There isn't this idea of single comics storylines anymore because of marvel and dc and the like now you know yeah it is so much about the team up it is so much about the greater universe and 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 there isn't these kind of explorations i mean i think the last time kind of they tried it and kind of proved that you can't do it is iron man 3 which ends with him getting his heart removed and it's like ha i'm done i have fixed i'm no longer iron man and then they're like, yeah, but Iron Man's really popular, so he needs to be in the Avengers. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So he's got the thing back on, and he's back to being Iron Man. Like, right. You, uh, yeah. can't, <laughs> you can't tell singular stories anymore, and for better or worse. I mean, you can't also make something very interesting, like Infinity War without it. You can't make these kind of worlds that feel rich and layered without it. But it's also these kind of individual stories about individual characters. Yeah. When you watch and look back at something like a, a Tim Burton Batman you just can't really make those movies anymore, or at the very least, we're not making those movies anymore. And that's part of what makes us feel outdated is like we dealt with all that in like Dark Knight, <laughs> like yeah, uh, 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 even the first Iron Man and 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 Spider Man Two, and you know we've we've dealt with a lot of that already, and we we've, we've moved on a bit too. Yeah, and I think like I, I think it's also like movies. think about the strength of Into the Spider Verse using 
one of the most recognizable real like I, I guess real <laughs> real world superheroes one of the actual superheroes from the thing like he has the rights to spider-man he used spider-man to tell essentially the same story in a much more powerful way to def- like dissecting the spider-man mythos in such a way as a, as a, to create a mantle that other people wear it's just you know, I sorry you brought this up, but now that I'm like sitting here, I'm like, yeah, it's way more powerful. Like, who gives a shit about the overseer? Good. That's <laughs> just part of the problem too. It's like yeah. you know, these aren't iconic characters. Like you know, yeah, the horde it's, is fun and split, but I'm not like, what a great super. No, 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 I'm I the, disagree with the, I dis- the horde. Taking the horde out of his own horror movie is is like totally dissects any value that character has. I just. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I mean it's get it's a horror movie. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. Like it's, like it's very it's the, strange. He, he, oh, previously he had a movie that was entirely like created to make him seem like you know to to play to his strengths, and now he's in a different movie, and I'm like, yeah, this is a good performance, I guess. <laughs> yeah, McAvoy's having a lot of fun. Yeah, he is having a shitload of fun with that. You can tell. You can tell he yeah. got the script for this, and he was like, whatever, I'm going to have a good time. <laughs> eat all the scenery. I'll just be paid in yeah. scenery that I will eat. Which is also, I guess that's also the thing, too, is that this is young enough Bruce Willis and Unbreakable that he still hadn't transformed into fucking, you know, I guess, like, Die Hard 4 Bruce Willis. Like, he's just one, accepted yeah. as, like, a badass by Die Hard 4. I don't know. Well, someone made a really good point about unbreakable Bruce Willis, which is that it's almost the role that kind of ruined him because he proved he could in that movie, he was called on to do very little and it works very well for the tone. But he, he then I think took for that, like, Oh, I don't have to act anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah. like he's yeah. like, I could sit in a chair and just get money. Be kind of depressed. Or five yeah. billion red box movies that yeah. don't exist yeah he actually acts quite a lot in the original Die Hard. like we kind of don't give him credit for oh, he's good so comedic timing and charming stuff. Yeah. yeah yeah charming is i think better than actual acting i think he's just like very charming he's a very good on-screen personality oh yeah he, he's always been a he's, he's always been more of a movie star guy than that sense of like he's never been the greatest actor in the world like a John Wayne type, oh, but yeah, like he's yeah. just so fucking charismatic. Uh, John Wayne is kind of a kind of a charismatic guy too, more than an actor. I don't know. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. No, no, oh, sure. John Wayne. Ty- sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You totally, yeah, we're John totally Wayne on the same page. I was about to say, I was yeah, like, absolutely. I would describe Bruce Willis as exactly John Wayne. That doesn't make sense, man. No, it's a little. John Wayne shows up, there's every line the same. You're like, God damn it, something about that guy. Yeah, but the whole, <laughs> so the whole, I guess the thing that's lost in time to this is too, is that the whole point of Die Hard and Unbreakable is that, you know, he's the kind of guy you see on the subway that isn't a superhero. And now, like, he's so built also into true. the mythos of a superhero. And that seeing him come back is this, he's just doing his his new i'm just doing my my new bruce willis thing which is i'm actually just a badass and it's sort of like holy right like it's weird it's just there's so much time and so much shit in this that it's it's hard for me to like just let the whole thing go does that make sense like i'm just i'm sitting here like i this is just a mess temporally (laughs) like like i just can't handle all the input and it's i I, I totally agree and yet i like it just just i think on audacity on on like being one of the only superhero movies to kind of like talk about it in a very interesting way. Like, I mean, I know Sp- I am serious Spider Verse, and I do think it does that. But I mean, Spider Verse does that in bits and pieces. Like, this is just like straight up like 
dissects like why why do we tell these stories why do we keep coming back to it why is superhero movies not died in the fucking 19 years since i put out unbreakable like and i'm not trying to be like why would they die like no i'm not, I'm not no, no, saying no, I that think, uh, i think he kind I, of uh, he has that feeling he's like why is this a thing like and i i guess that's like i was like you know why it's a thing why, why? i don't know there yeah i guess it's be, different for me. I, there I, seems to be I, a love for superheroes and unbreakable that's gone in this that's the big thing well but the ending feels very hopeful about superheroes and like a world of supers if you will yeah it's all inside us type of deal i don't know yeah I don't, right yeah i i i don't know I, that was, and that's that when was, like i'm like <laughs> and that's when like you can't tell what he believes because you're like if he came out he was a right. scientologist I, you're like of course he is well, that makes sense yeah. you know i think that's a thing too i don't think he has a point at the end of this i think he has like points but i think that like i think they're so muddled and lost that like if you like pointed out a singular thing i feel like i could say like yeah but xyz like you know i don't i don't i don't it's just muddled is the primary motive here muddled by time muddled by perspective muddled by his changes since unbreakable muddled by his fall from grace muddled by creating an entirely different movie and trying to slam it together with an entirely different movie muddled by it's just you know muddling the movie this is this would be a great manjula <laughs> <laughs> like it is so muddled that like, he really has extracted every last ounce of oil from them mint leaves like that's like I, that's that's just right I, that's I, why I, it also I, feels like a weird exorcism of his like past self i feel like and maybe i'm wrong about that and he'll just make you know weird lady in the waters type movies for his career but i don't feel like he is i feel like he is just straight up gonna do like be he wants to be james wan now or whatever like he wants to just make like you know uh fun horror movies that make a shitload of money i think that's the other thing too is that he can't crawl out of his own butt and just make a movie (laughs) oh absolutely not it's the ken levine problem like can ken levine just make a fun fucking video game and not tell me all about video games no he can't (laughs) yeah and i think that's that's the that's the thing too it's like you're exactly right he's like i've decided i'm going to be this kind of director now well maybe sometimes you just direct a movie and you become that director it's like does spielberg walk wake up in the morning and things like i'm gonna go do spielberg things no he's just fucking spielberg and he's got he's just right. really good at emotionally right. touching people and it's just like what happens like you don't wake up and go be spielberg you don't wake up and go yeah, be he reminds me. yeah he reminds me a lot of John Favreau in that way. Favreau also has a similar vibe to me where Favreau, whenever he has any kind of failure, but like he's a little different from Shyamalan where Shyamalan doubled down on his failure. Like he will just change courses. Right. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, Zathura bombed. Ah, I make Iron Man movies now. Oh, yeah. people don't like Iron Man too. A chef. Uh, you know which, what? Uh, which uh, chef book, is you know? actually an amazing commentary on his relationship with criticism. It's which so- I Weird, because yeah. it's like this whole movie about like, this is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to make small, independent art. Right. My right. little Cuban sandwiches that are perfect, and yep. which Chef is. It's a, it's a perfect Cuban sandwich of a movie. Yeah. And then and then he makes The Jungle Book. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he follows it up with, is a $200 no, million I, dollar I, I CGI love that. Disney movie. I love, but there's so much love in Chef as opposed to... Oh, I still fucking, like Chef. It's like, just like, No offense, what is M. Night Shyamalan's version of that movie is Lady in the Fucking Water. Sorry, I, 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 I just... I won't. <laughs> right, I'll take Chef any day. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Chef is a fucking amazing, and that's the thing. It's like he talks about that at the end of the thing where he literally talks directly to his son, and it's like, I get to reach out and touch people's lives. Like, I don't give a shit. What, like, he, it's, 
even him convincing himself, which is amazing because through the through the operation of convincing his son, but it, like he's actually convincing himself of the thing that he wasn't sure because he was overreacting earlier on in the movie. And I just, I it's such a chef is just such an amazing take on like you know criticism and artistic pursuits and everything else. It's a much it's a much oh. healthier take. Oh, it's, than uh, that, your, it's a, that healthy is the way to go with that statement. Now. <laughs> much healthier take than your your Birdman or your Lady in the Water. Like oh. much, much healthier take. Bird, Birdman <laughs> like, is good though, but Lady in the Water is just like Lady in the Water is somebody that is just so unrepentant that it's hard to even be in the same room as them. Is my thought. It's rough. It's rough. Sorry. I, what we're finding out is that I really hate Lady in the Water. That's not what I expected to take I mean, away the, from this. Well, I mean, I understand. It's 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 the thing about Shyamalan that's so interesting. Is that like he? Ha- I guess because he's a lot of potential, or he's just doing something very different, or he's just very unique voice. Yeah, or he's I, I've, just I've egotistical in a way that pisses people. I've come off. around to thinking that he doesn't have potential, and that's the issue. Like I, I do not that's think true, this is. A good I think he does. I think he does in a very specific kind of film. Let's all right, all right. All right it's fifty-two minutes. Let's go ahead and review this. Um, or yeah. it's fifty-some minutes. Let's review. Go ahead and re- let's start. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this has been all the lead-up. Let on the movie gang podcast for the next hour and a half. Uh, no, yeah. Let's go ahead. What? I, what? I, I, do you want me to go first, or you go first on scores? I'll go first. Um, I'll give it a six point five. Um, it's it's very audacious. It's insane. I totally understand any criticism anyone has of this movie. I just generally do like it because it is so audacious and weird and fascinating to talk about. And I just like a movie like this that gave us a 50-minute long, really interesting conversation. Even if it's not good. I mean, I guess I would rather some ways have that than a, uh, than a perfectly fine, you know... There's different 6.5s out of 10s. You know, there's the problematic, weird, confusing, fascinating 6.5. And then there's <laughs> the boring. This movie just kind of was boring and I didn't care that much 6.5. And I, I guess I, my difference is I would take that every day over over just functional boredom. Um, but I can't deny it's a mess and it's weird and it probably shouldn't exist. But I'm glad it does exist because it is just fascinating. And I'll just say also I think there are strengths. I think the first hour is really damn good. I think it really has some interesting things to talk about. It has a Shyamalan problem. He's a bit of a Damon Lindelof in that he like loves to th- question and set things up. And he's not never been great at the ending outside of Sixth Sense. Uh, and Unbreakable doesn't really kind of just... And Unbreakable kind of has a good ending. Yeah, it has a good ending. So it's really in the first two of his revival era. Um after that, he's just never quite had an ending that was satisfying in any way. And then uh, um, he is, I still think, a very visually talented director. I think he typically works with great DPs as part of his skill. And yeah. I think this has a very good color palette. I think there's good performances, particularly from James McAvoy and Samuel Jackson, who's just always great. And it's just good to see him. Have a lot of stuff to chew on because he's usually he's such a supporting guy these days. He's always just you know Nick Fury for five minutes, and I just I just want more Sam sometimes. You know, yeah. so it's good to see a lot of Sam in a movie. Yeah. Um, did you see his? Did and, you see uh, that his like Ryan Ryan? Uh, God, what's his fucking face? Like uh, the Assassins movie that he did a while ago. Oh, Hitman's Bodyguard. I haven't watched that. I heard that's just it's it's like a okay movie, but with great 
leads. Like it's just yeah, that's I think that's the thing. Too. Leads alone, they 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 have some great chemistry on screen for like two three. I can scenes. believe that. Yeah, and that it's, it's weird. It. It's a weird. It's a weird weird movie. It's weird. Mm. It's mm. real weird. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm. Yeah, and I'm glad we're getting a lot of Sam this year. We're getting three. He's in all three Marvel movies this year, and we'll see if he's in. I mean, assume he's in Endgame. We don't know if he's in Endgame much, but I, I assume he'll probably be in some form. And then he's yeah. definitely in a lot of Captain Marvel, and he's probably going to be a decent chunk of Far From Home. So, like, it's just good to see Sam, and as I'm excited for a good yeah. year of Sam. And I then, think uh, I think he's making enough money, and I think he's actually talked pretty candidly on like shows that he like he really enjoys just like coming in for like three or four days of shoots and then just being like peace and i get like a full paycheck <laughs> i mean dude's good enough to do it he's like just he's like a good ass actor he just shows up and like sits in a wheelchair and he's like mr last name glass and you're like all right i'm done and you're like yeah it's a perfect take yeah, bye right. yeah Great. it's good <laughs> sam 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 you're perfect Bruce, we got to work you're, on you're beautiful. <laughs> Bruce, you need some coffee? Can I help you? You need a. <laughs> do you need a? What can wake like you up, a, buddy? Like a caffeine enema? What do you need? <laughs> we'll <laughs> what, make it happen. Where can we get you where we want? Need some. We got some real good cocaine, buddy. Come on. I just something. like I got. Help we got. It, I got it. I got a whole trailer full of it. It's the signs cocaine. It's still got. Still got <laughs> the signs label. Ja- on it. <laughs> James, I need. I need you to take a nap, buddy. James, I need you to. Yeah, uh, calm down. Down to like you're at a 14, British, maybe British 11. people like you know? tea, right? Let's make you some chamomile. Hill. Come on, come on. Uh, yeah, everybody's a little too off balance in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's James it. needs to give a little energy to, to Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's the point. Like, Bruce is giving the right performance for an unbreakable movie. And like, James McAvoy is giving the right performance for a split movie. But this is not either movie. <laughs> so right. No, I just I, I feel like both of them are at points like you can see the actors are like alone in space. And I'm going to go ahead and get my score here. I, I give it a five. I do not like this movie. I uh, I think I agree with you about this, too, is that at this point I see M. Night Shyamalan movies to talk to you about them. <laughs> like That's, that's pretty fine. Much, that's fine pretty much that. the only reason I subjected myself <laughs> or was even interested. But I was actually excited to go see this fucking movie so I could talk to you about about it which is I yeah. think, the funniest fucking thing about it is that like here i give it a five because that's middle of the road if you are interested in continuing to talk about m night Shyamalan, you're gonna have a good time because there's a lot to fucking talk about in this one <laughs> like, yeah. so i i yeah. recommend it if you haven't seen unbreakable in 20 years <laughs> you maybe don't go <laughs> Yeah, yeah, re- rewatch it. Yeah, <laughs> give it another watch. watch baby. And remember how good Unbreakable was? Then you go to this movie and you're like, oh, man, Unbreakable was better. Damn it. <laughs> All right, the Movie Gang podcast gives. Uh, fuck, what did we just review? Um, class a, a 6 out of 10. Uh, 6.5 plus 5 is about 5.75. I'll round it up to a 6. Uh, for the Movie Gang podcast, this has been Ben Howard. This is the ending monologue where the villain. Yeah, we didn't talk about how every that's like every bit of Sam Jackson's lines. Yeah. <laughs> I'm evil. Yeah, and I've been your host Jack Newman. For all your other Tuscan Shed Media Network, head on over to TuscanShed.com. This is Tuscan Shed Media Network. Check out all our other podcasts, including Animania. We just posted our 2019. Look forward, and I need to wrap this up. So from everyone here, thanks for listening. I gotta go pick up Katie and maybe poop on the way beforehand. So let me go do that. Ha, 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 ha.